All right, all you geeks out there, you're going to be listening to, you know, the geek master, Traction Sci-Fi. Here he is, my geeky husband. Hey folks, it's Rico, and this is Trex in Sci-Fi, show number 80 for October the 15th, 2006. Going to do a little different kind of show this week. We're going to look all at Star Trek music from the various series and movies. So stand by. Here we go. In this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, I'm going to take a look at uh, all the different music throughout the various Star Trek series, focusing mainly on the original series, some on the next generation, and also on the movies. I'm going to go over some of the different musical bits, uh, the composers that have been used over the years, and just uh, how much music uh, really influences the, the show and the tone of you know, all the various Star Trek series and movies that they've produced. I think it's uh, well worth a podcast. Uh, actually, it's going to be a lot to cram in in an hour or so. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully everyone will enjoy it. Well, again, welcome everyone uh, to the podcast. Uh, this is your host, Rico, for Treks in Sci-Fi. It's a rather chilly uh, Sunday. Uh, well, it's almost uh, midday here almost lunchtime uh, in Michigan. The weather has really turned cold this past week here. Uh, some places up in northern Michigan have actually gotten snow. We even had some snow and flurries the other day. It, uh, I'm not you know, really ready for, uh, for winter yet. I, I, I enjoy the warmer weather more, and I wish it would last a little longer. Uh, today doesn't look like it'll be bad. It looks like the sun's coming out. So enough about playing meteorologist let's get to uh, some sci-fi uh, discussions and uh, information for everyone first thing I uh, wanted to mention is uh, everyone should have their uh, t-shirts if they've ordered them those got mailed out earlier last week uh, unless some delay happened in the mail I think I sent them out Tuesday because Monday was a holiday so if you uh, if you have placed an order with a t-shirt and for some reason haven't received it yet, shoot me an email at treksf at gmail.com. I think I got everybody covered. I think they're all out, but it's possible something slipped through the slipped through the cracks in the universe. So send me an email and let me know about that. Uh, I think uh, I think they turned out, like I've said before, pretty good. Still have a couple of larges, uh, a couple extra larges left if anyone's interested. There's an order link still on the main treksf.com website. Uh, take a look there if you would like a shirt still. Uh, and I'll, along those lines, I have a little uh, audio comment from uh, Kenny, our longtime listener, friend, uh, forum member from California. So uh, listen to Kenny's short little comment here, and I'll be right back. Hey, Rico, it's Kenny from California. 
Just wanted to thank you for showing behind the scenes on your webcam of your podcast last week. That was a lot of fun, and I hope you do it again real soon. Also, I got my t-shirt. It's awesome. Keep up the great job, and I look forward to your podcast every week. Take care. Well, thanks a lot for that, Kenny. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did last week. I did another live uh, webcam uh, 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 podcast, I guess you call it, uh, where I had the webcam going while webcam going while I was recording the show, and people got to see the you know inner workings of Treks in Sci-Fi, which uh, yeah, it's fun to do. There were some people in the chat room. We did a little contest, and uh, I think it uh, came out pretty good. It's it's almost like you know having an audience which which gives you a little different feeling when you're doing the show uh or when i'm recording i i have to be uh well i i try not to stumble over my words as much as i'm doing right now it seems so anyway that was fun oh i wanted to mention i forgot to say at the beginning of the show that uh, music that i played was uh off of a uh, star trek next generation uh soundtrack from the tv show it's an alternative uh, opening bit of music, uh, Jerry Goldsmith uh, score for uh, as a possible uh, opening uh, theme song for the next generation. I thought people might enjoy hearing a little different take on the traditional uh, opening music for next gen. So I thought uh, that was kind of neat to hear. I have a few uh, bits of sci-fi comments and news that I wanted to talk about first before we get into the Star Trek music, uh, the main topic for this week. The first one I was reading uh, uh, off of uh, trektoday.com's website uh, a little bit more about J.J. Abrams and his take on things for the next uh, Star Trek movie. As everyone knows, of course, in the Star Trek uh, community now, J.J. Abrams, uh, you know, the creator of uh, Lost and uh, the last Mission Impossible movie, the TV show Alias uh, is has been tapped by Paramount to do uh, the next Star Trek movie, which is proposed uh, probably going to be filming sometime in 2007 for release in 2008. Uh, he's saying a, a few things more. You know, he's roughly my age, approximately a little bit younger than me. So he grew up in my kind of time frame uh, with the old Planet of the Apes movies and the Twilight Zone and Star Trek reruns. And he's in some comments that he's made recently. In an interview in, in the Star, new Star Trek magazine or the the uh, Star Trek magazine that's being published now over here as well as uh, Great Britain, he says, uh, you know, the, those shows, Planet of the Apes, Twilight Zone, really influenced him. Uh, he says the, he likes the uh, humanity of it and the storytelling that was done in those kinds of shows and that there was always a, a human twist to them, that it wasn't just all about the special effects is basically... You know he's uh, he's very much interested in telling stories with characters and things that are uh, interesting, and, and not just shoot 'em ups and and ships blowing up in space or whatever. Uh, which uh, everything that I'm reading here and everything I, I've always enjoyed JJ's work, and I think this really bodes well, at least in in my opinion, because uh, I I really enjoyed all those things. I can remember seeing the old Planet of the Apes movies even at the movie theater, going to see them. And, of course, Star Trek reruns, The Twilight Zone, all those great shows growing up on that. And, and if he was basically, uh, you know, fed that kind of uh, drama and entertainment as he was growing up, I think we have probably a lot of similar tastes. So I, I at least think that the next Star Trek movie, for me, I think, has has a good shot of being really good because of the, the guy they got at the helm of this one. So um, I'm really excited by what I'm reading here, and I think it's going to be uh, real good. 
The other uh, comment was about Rick Berman. You know, Rick Berman basically took over for Gene Roddenberry running Next Generation and the and the subsequent Star Trek series when when Gene passed away in the early '90s. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about Rick Berman and how he, he basically ran Star Trek into the ground and uh, a lot a lot of negative commentary. But I, I still think they did a lot of good work over those almost 20 years of, of both all the TV series and movies that they put out. I, I certainly uh, enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, there are a few things I would have done differently, a few things, of course, not perfect. But as a whole, I, I think we're certainly better off as Star Trek fans for having that out there than we would have been without it. Uh, but the main thing I was going to say here is it looks like Rick Berman's not going to be too involved in Star Trek in the future. I know there's people out there probably listening to the podcast that are uh, going, woohoo, yo, you know, it's not going to be any more Rick Berman and, and that. But, you know, eventually, yes, it's good to shake things up and bring in new blood. And he even goes on to say, Rick Berman goes on to say in this article also on Trek Today that, he thinks that if J.J. Abrams does a movie, that it, and if it's pretty successful, that that would probably lead to maybe J.J. Abrams creating a new Star Trek series for television and maybe somehow running that or at least getting it started. Uh, it's all conjecture and, and, and really guesswork at this point. But I, I think since J.J. Abrams has done a, a lot of TV work, is very comfortable doing TV work, that I think those are fair guesses, and I think that uh, I'm really hoping that the movie turns out well, and it does lead to another Star Trek series, uh, and maybe having JJ uh, work on it. So, uh, so there's your Star Trek uh, news for this week. Uh, I think uh, that's going to wrap it up for that. I, I really want to spend the majority of the podcast on Star Trek music, so I'm going to take a short little break here, and we'll be back and get that started. T T S S F F P E N N side 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 access. Access granted. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has collected together some of the best science fiction, fantasy, and gaming podcasts out there. The Sci-Fi Podcast Network has a lot of great programming that you might be missing. The goal of this podcast is to showcase some of the great shows available on the network so that you don't miss out on all the fun. Each episode will contain an interview with a TSFPN podcaster and clips from their show. I'll also play some of the fun, funny, and cool clips from some of the other TSFPN shows from this week. To start listening to TSFPN Sci-Fi Access, just visit tsfpn.com. Okay, I'm back. Now, the, uh, of course, main topic for this week is going to be all about Star Trek music from uh, the early series to the later ones to all through the movies. This is going to be uh, a lot to cover, and I'm probably going to focus mainly on the original series, the movies, and a little bit on, on the subsequent series, a little more on Next Gen maybe, and not as much on, on Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. I found, uh, did a little uh, researching and searching this morning, Online And there is an excellent, and I'll link this in the podcast notes for this week, there's an excellent website called StarTrekSoundtracks.com that I, I am going to use greatly in in this podcast this week. He, he has everything on here basically that's been released uh, on CD from Star Trek, all the different music. He's got composers listed for episodes. It's a great website. If you're interested in Star Trek music, what's out there, 
who worked on what episode. Uh, I definitely recommend checking this website out, StarTrekSoundtracks.com. Let's get started. The uh, the first thing we have to, of course, discuss is the main uh, original series Star Trek theme. Most people know that this was uh, composed by Alexander Courage and I think really sets the tone for Star Trek in general, the original series especially, and I'm going to play just a tiny bit of that for you right now. Every time, uh, even after all these years, uh, and I've heard that uh, theme song so many times, it's still, uh, it still really does it for me. It just sets the mood for Star Trek in general, the, the sort of ethereal qualities in it and the boldness. I think the way it starts out, very kind of quiet and then gets uh, kind of very loud and there's a little nautical kind of feel to it, uh, maybe not as much as some of the other themes from out Star Trek's history. But I think it does a really good job of starting the mood for the show. And, you know, Alexander Courage's work there uh, really uh, really set the stage, I think, for everything musical in Star Trek, especially from the original series. Uh, let's go on a little bit into um, some of the early uh, other music from Star Trek, uh, the first three seasons of... And I'm going to play just, you know, a few different selections from different episodes uh, to kind of round out this look at the uh, music from the original Star Trek series. Here's some more music from uh, the episode uh, The Second Pilot Where No Man Has Gone Before. This is also by Alexander Courage. And again, it, it's it's very Star Trek. I, I hate to use that description, but again, I think it really sets the mood for the show. And it also sets the mood for a lot of later Star Trek music that comes along. I think it uh, it's very spacey kind of sounding, if that's a, if that's a word. <laughs> it... Uh, it, it just, uh, it, it's kind of eerie and a little scary. It, it also, uh, again, I think, uh, really fits the, the mood of this particular episode. Alexander Courage, besides writing the main Star Trek theme, also worked a, a lot on some of the early episodes of Star Trek, the, the Two Pilots, The Cage, and Where No Man Has Gone Before. And again, I think being so early in his work on Star Trek, he really set the stage. I, I think I've said that too many times probably now for for what came later on in, in the various episodes and what came uh, eventually on in the other series that uh, Star Trek uh, eventually became Next Generation and so on. Now, uh, besides Alexander Courage, uh, there are several other composers that worked on the original series. Uh, one of them in the early uh, season, uh, early first season, Gerald Fried, I've talked about, I think, a, a couple of podcasts before, wrote really some uh, some really great, uh, fun Star Trek music. Uh, one of the episodes he worked on that I, I really enjoy, one of my favorites, is the episode Shore Leave. You know, this episode required uh, some very kind of lighthearted, almost fairy tale kind of music, and there's one piece in particular I wanted to play a little bit uh, of, uh, which is uh, when Kirk sees Finnegan, his old uh, 
Academy schoolmate uh, chum, and it's just uh, it's a, it's sort of a little Irish jig, uh, which suits Finnegan's character very well. The the theme of it, and well, let me play it while I talk a little bit. Uh, This music uh, really, really is fun. It, uh, it's, it's got a lot of energy to it. It, it, it really uh, works well in this episode, and I've always, uh, it always makes kind of uh, eh, puts a smile on my face when, when I hear it. almost hear Finnegan saying, Ah, Jimmy boy! Yeah, I love that. I could listen to that uh, for a long time. Uh, One thing to also keep in mind when I go through some of this is, um, like happens on a lot of television shows, the, the music for uh, for Star Trek, the original series and the later series also, you know, they didn't write a new score. They didn't write a new group of music for every episode. Uh, some of these uh, musical uh, bits were used again throughout uh, Star Trek's history, uh, although I don't think they used that Finnegan bit that much besides in the Shoreleave episode. But they uh, there are episodes that, that reuse music, of course. You know, sometimes they'll write little cues or little bits that are new each time, but uh, a lot of it, uh, you know, they don't write a specific score for each one. Unlike where they're doing a movie, they can they can spend a lot of money, hire a composer, create a whole musical score for the movie for uh, for the money that they'll have to do that. So, the uh, let me play another uh, bit. This one I'm going to play from. Uh, this is in the second season from the episode uh, "Muck Time." Hang on, I'll cue it up. This, of course, is the uh, music uh, that was seen or listened, sorry, heard when they were on Vulcan with Spock and the whole fight with Kirk in Amok Time. This is also Gerald Fried's music. Uh, again, sort of really alien sounding, a lot, a lot of uh, strange instruments going on, I think. I, you know, I, I have to say I'm not a musical expert by any means, so my impressions and discussion this, within this podcast are, are just my own views and opinions. And it's um, it's just that, but I think that uh, that really evokes the whole alien uh, situation. That you know they're on Vulcan, they're on this hot, uh, very arid planet. Uh, they're they're in a weird situation, and and the music is appropriate to it. I think that music, of course, is is used uh, in a few other episodes, Journey to Babel, especially with uh, Spock's father uh, Sarek coming aboard the Enterprise, and and again, like I said earlier, the. The music in Star Trek, just like other TV shows, gets reused. You know, there are quite a few uh, composers, other composers uh, that worked on the original series. Uh, George Dunning, Jerry Fielding, they already talked about Gerald Fried, Sol Kaplan, uh, Samuel Metlovsky, Joseph Mullendor, and Fred Steiner. I want to play a little of uh, Jerry Fielding's work. This is from the episode The Trouble with Tribbles. 
uh, a definite uh, uh, fun episode and a definite uh, episode that has a lot of fun music in it. This was uh, some of Jerry Fielding's work on the show. He worked on seasons two and three. So let me play uh, some of Jerry's uh, work from The Trouble with Tribbles. This is a, a real uh, fun bit of music. It, uh, I think it suits the trouble with tribbles very well. The, uh, you know, this has got the Klingons on the K7 station. It's got the whole barroom fight. Uh, I think the uh, first and maybe only time there. Now, there's, there was one in Next Gen, I think. And maybe Deep Space also. Deep Space, I think, also. I think it was actually the, uh, the, the triple episode in Deep Space Nine that they did. Uh, where they had a fight in Quarks, but, you know, they didn't have a lot of barroom fights in Star Trek, and this music uh, that uh, Jerry worked on really, I think, works well in, the, in this episode. This is another composer's music. This is Fred Steiner. He worked on all three seasons of the original series. This is from uh, the Corbomite Maneuver, this little piece, so let me play a little. That's a very uh, menacing, very uh, mysterious kind of bit of music. And they're meet up with Balok's ship. It's... Uh, very uh, dramatic uh, sounding. Yeah, Fred Steiner worked on a lot of uh, really classic episodes, especially in the first season, Charlie X, Mud's Women, Corbomate Maneuver, Balance of Terror, Shore Leave, A Little Even, and The City on the Edge of Forever. A lot of my favorites, actually, uh, Fred worked on and I think the music uh, is really, really good in these episodes. There's another composer that worked on the original series called Sol Kaplan. He worked on uh, not a lot of episodes. This is one uh, a bit from The Doomsday Machine. Listen to this. It's uh, very, very good, I think. When the Enterprise first comes up, uh, upon the constellation, uh, Starship constellation that's been very much damaged by the Doomsday Machine. Some real interesting music. Uh, also, his music here was used, again, just like uh, other composers used in a lot of other episodes. But I think the Doomsday Machine, one of the things that has always appealed to me about that episode that's a little unique is is the musical score for it is is quite a bit different than, than a lot of the other episodes of Star Trek and kind of unique, and, that, and that's Sol Kaplan's work there. 
Well, we're about to switch gears and go into the Star Trek movies. I think I'll, I'll start that uh, very soon here. But I just wanted to uh, to say uh, music from both television and movies for me ha- has always been really important. I have a, a lot of uh, soundtracks from both movies and TV shows. I, I feel that uh, just like how much I enjoy Star Wars, just like that, and Star Trek, Star Wars, John Williams, excellent music over all the movies that they did it really evokes a certain emotional response and really puts you in the mood for for what's going on with the characters and the plots and what what you know what's happening on screen uh, think about uh, you know how different the the TV these TV shows and movies would be if the music was cut out uh, i think george lucas even said basically at one point that that john williams musical score for the star wars movies was like 90% of the movie i mean he you know, he's always almost said that the movie, if you just left the music in and and the action in the Star Wars films, I'm getting on and off on a little bit of a tangent, but the the movie would be just as interesting and just as good, and you would still understand what's going on just due to the uh, emotional impact of of that uh, of that music. And and you know, the great thing that John Williams did was create these individual themes for the characters. And it really set the mood, and, and Star Trek uh, very much the same. Although they didn't really have too many themes uh, for the characters. They did a little bit. The original series, Spock, Kirk, McCoy, not so much maybe, and, and the other characters, not really. It was more a plot-driven show, and the characters were in there. There were things going on with them, but it was things that were happening to them due to the storyline, not so much all about the characters, which the next generation turned a lot more into a character-based show. There were plots, and it was how the... The plots impacted the characters. I don't know if I'm really saying that correct or explaining myself, but uh, I guess I just wanted to say that that the music to me is very, very always been very important, and it's a bit, uh, it, you know, it's a bit disappointing these days on on TV and, and maybe not as much in movies because they have bigger budgets and, and create whole musical scores, like I said earlier. But TV music has seemed to have dwindled away a little bit. There are some shows that use it real well, and generally, truthfully, I find that they're mostly science fiction shows that do that, not as much regular television. Uh, the music is its there, but you don't really notice it a lot of the times on, on television shows. I do notice it on the new Battlestar Galactica. I notice it on Stargate, uh, other sci-fi shows, but again, if you watch like a, a comedy or other TV, it, it's just not really there. One, one show, actually, that I enjoy quite a bit, non-science fiction, is the show 24, you know, with Jack Bauer and all that. And, and the music on that show is, is rather interesting, and I have to look up sometime who does the music for that. But I, f- I feel that the music they use on that show is, is really a lot, a lot of times sets the mood for what's going on on there. So, slight tangent, but uh, that's the way it goes. Hey, let's, uh, let's start off uh, getting to the Star Trek movies. And, of course, we've got to start with Star Trek The Motion Picture and the excellent score by Jerry Goldsmith, who worked on that. And I'm going to play uh, some of that now. Ah, yes, Jerry Goldsmith's uh, original uh, score for Star Trek The Motion Picture. I have to say, this is probably uh, the the quint- 
quintessential. Uh, can't talk this morning. Sorry. Uh, this is probably the probably most perfect bit of Star Trek music I think out there. Even though I really enjoy Alexander Courage's uh, work and, and main theme. I've always thought Jerry's work on the motion picture that was used eventually in Next Generation really is what Star Trek's all about. I mean, listen to this. I mean, it's about uh, hope. It's about the future. It, it's just uh, perfect Star Trek music. It, it, it just couldn't couldn't get much better than this and then this uh first track off the uh, soundtrack from the movie gets into the the klingon uh, music again really good alien uh, mysterious I, I i can really remember seeing uh, the motion picture in the movie theater the first time and the Klingon ships would come into view and they played this music. It's just a perfect fit. I'm fade that out there. Uh, yeah, Jerry wrote the uh, uh, score here. Jerry Goldsmith's, you know, just... Excellent uh, musical composer. Done lots of work uh, in movies uh, over the years. Just just really good stuff. This actually motion picture soundtrack was released twice. There was a 20th anniversary edition of it that came out uh, back in around 19... Let me look here quick. 1998 or 99? Got to check back on my uh, cheat sheet here. 1999, yeah, they had a... Uh, full edition release which uh, there were on the original release for the soundtrack there were some tracks missing of course like they always do I mean when they put out a movie soundtrack they don't release every bit of music from the movie on on the soundtrack usually the soundtrack might be an hour tops that they release on CD and and most movies have you know about two hours worth of music approximately give or take depending on how long the movie is some of it's reused throughout the movie a little bit but uh, Jerry Goldsmith's work on the motion picture, the first Star Trek motion picture. Let me play uh, one more track here. Let me cue it up. This, of course, is Ilea's theme. Ilea, you know, the the navigator that comes aboard, the Delta, a uh, friend of uh, Will Decker's, and uh, this is very... Uh, beautiful piece of music I think and again fits her character real well and of course at the time that this is used in the movie this is also supposed to be sort of evocative of V'ger a little bit about the mysteriousness of of what V'ger is and when V'ger sends Ilea back as a probe they use this music quite a bit Kind of got a very uh, romantic quality there with the piano. You know, there was supposed to be this romance between Decker and Ilea in the past, and it it sort of uh, has that tone to it a little bit. 
a lot of uh, string instruments. Again, I'm, I'm no music expert, but I can pick a little bit out. Dial that back. Uh, yeah, the, the motion picture for our, the first Star Trek movie, uh, again, I think sets the tone for what lays ahead. And uh, I think it was really appropriate when they got to the to doing the next generation TV show that they use the this the main theme, the main musical theme for the motion picture in the in the TV show. I think it really fits real well. Like I said, uh, it's it's perfect Star Trek music. It's just really good. Let's, uh, let's move along. I can't spend, unfortunately, a lot of time. I'm trying to get through. I want to get through the rest of the movies pretty much. Uh, maybe not all of them. <laughs> At least the people that are the movies that were involving the original crew, let's just say. A lot of Star Trek music to cover. Let's move on to Star Trek II. The Wrath of Khan, of course. Have you? Yeah, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. This um, soundtrack uh, was composed by James Horner. Did a lot of music uh, soundtracks in in this time uh, in the '80s. Worked on another uh, movie, uh, a favorite of mine called Krull. Which there, there's a lot of musical cues in Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan and Krull that are similar. If, if you're a fan of Krull, you'll know what I'm talking about. Now, James Horner's uh, music for this movie, much more bold, I think, nautical-sounding than uh, the motion picture, Star Trek motion picture was. And, you know, they, they did a lot of things differently in, in Star Trek II. Uh, really good things, I think, that the characters were more engaging, the story better than the first movie. And, and the music, while not, I'd say, better, I think it fits the movie uh, very well. I think they did a good job with picking out a composer for this music for the um, for the Star Trek II film. Now, James Horner, like I said, he's worked on a lot of other movie soundtracks, uh, TV, I think, a little bit. Also, the I think one of the main things that was uh, influenced uh, him getting this job was Nicholas Meyer, who directed Star Trek II. He was looking for something different. He didn't want to use a lot of the kinds of music they used in the motion picture. He wanted this, uh, this movie to have its own sound and its own feel and I think they did a really good job with this we'll dial that down and I'm going to queue up uh, one more track from Star Trek 2 and then I'll play that and we'll come back in a sec here Yeah, this uh, bit of music here I'm playing, this is when the Enterprise is first leaving dock. Uh, remember, Lieutenant Savick is going to take the ship out. Very, uh, very bold, very exciting kind of music. You know, the Enterprise is getting ready to leave. 
just uh, you, you, this almost has the feel of an old like sailing ship out there on the ocean kind of sound to it. Good stuff. I, I've one of my favorites of the Star Trek soundtracks is the one from uh, Star Trek Two. Very exciting music, and definitely a, another worthy soundtrack in the Star Trek collection to have. remember uh after i'd get back from watching star trek 2 in the movie theater after i don't know how many times i saw it in the theater maybe eh, four or five perhaps something like that uh you know great movie and i grabbed the soundtrack turn it on blast it out my uh, car windows and you know go down the street a little faster than maybe i should have this music uh just really gets me pumped up But let's not dawdle. Let's move on. We need to go to another movie. And uh, I have to say, I am going to skip uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock for a couple of reasons. One, I don't actually own that CD, that soundtrack yet, which I need to fix that. And the actually, I have it on record somewhere. Uh, it's, uh, you know, this is back before uh, CDs when these first came out. But the, the other thing about that... Uh, that film was that it was also by James Horner, the soundtrack. So there's a lot of very similar cues in and music in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. So I thought uh, we could leave that one out, skip ahead a little bit, speed it up. and But I am going to go on to do um, the Star Trek IV, the Voyage Home soundtrack. Star Trek IV being uh, one of the most popular of the Star Trek movies and has a very interesting uh, musical score, and I'm going to cue that up and play it for you now. Star Trek IV uh, music soundtrack was composed by Leonard Roseman, Rosenman, sorry. Interesting thing about uh, Leonard Rosenman, he also scored the musical soundtrack to the animated uh, Lord of the Rings film. If anyone's seen that that's listening to the podcast, very similar musical sounds and cues between these two soundtracks, I think. 
Now, you remember Star Trek IV is all about uh, the voyage home. They're coming back from Vulcan. They uh, go back in time, grab the whales, save uh, the Earth again, of course. And it's really nice music. There's still sort of that nautical flavor to it, you know. Star Trek is always uh, there's sort of the this, you know Starfleet, sort of the the navy of the future. Yeah, uh, this score has always been again. Yeah, favorite of mine, too. I think they did a nice job. Leonard uh, Rosenman did uh, other musical scores, and I I think this uh, fits the movie uh, real well. I don't think I'm going to play any more tracks from it. It, It's uh, it's good music, though, and uh, available on CD, of course. Let's go on to uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Here you have the musical soundtrack from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, also composed by Jerry Goldsmith. This bit of music is from early in the movie when uh, Kirk is climbing uh, the, the mountainside. I always really liked this, the way the movie opened and this bit of music. I, I thought it was... It just, again, fits the mood. of this film uh, with uh, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, Kirk climbing the mountain, you know, trying to, uh, you know, still kind of do things and, and and kind of make a difference. Even when he's on vacation, he's still taking chances and, and pushing the envelope. And I think that's, uh, you know, kind of one of the themes about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, even with, uh, you know, maybe its faults and, and not as strong a movie as some of the others, there's, there's a lot of good moments still in it. One of the uh, interesting bits of uh, the Star Trek V, The Final Frontier soundtrack is there is actually a song on here called The Moon's A Window to Heaven. Remember the scene with Uhura doing the little uh, veil dance? This is performed uh, uh, by a group called Hiroshima. Listen to this bit.
definitely a little uh, a little different for a Star Trek movie than uh, the norm. So there you have uh, some of Star Trek V, the Final Frontier music. Uh, let's take uh, a couple of seconds here and get the next uh, soundtrack, which would be the final uh, original uh, crew film, Star Trek uh, <laughs> What number am I on? Sorry, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, coming up. Now here you have a very different soundtrack for the Star Trek movie, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. This was composed by a guy named Cliff Eidelman. Remember, this is a very sort of tension-filled movie. This is all about the Klingons and the Federation first trying to... uh, form sort of an alliance, a partnership. This is a music near the uh, beginning of the movie. Uh, it's called The Overture. It sets the mood for it again. It's, uh, you know, a meeting of uh, the Enterprise and a uh, a ship, basically like the flagship from the Klingon Empire, with the Goron, with the the Klingon representative aboard, uh, and it's uh, again different for Star Trek. Not a Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack, not the James Horner kind of nautical flair. Uh, a lot more tension filled bit. Uh, let me play one more uh, section from it for you. Sorry, that Klingon uh, is Gorkin. That's who it is. Yes. This uh, this is in near the end of the movie called The Battle for Peace. A bit of music. It, again, it's the... Remember the Klingon bird of prey can cloak. Enterprise is looking for her. And uh, Excelsior is coming. So this is a lot of uh, tension-filled time and music here. And interesting kind of soundtrack for the undiscovered country different than the other ones i think and uh also good uh another good very fitting soundtrack for the movie i think let's move on uh get into uh some of the uh, next generation movies now we'll do uh star trek uh the first one of course star trek generations which was the first uh next gen film Well, here you are with Star Trek Generations, and as people that listen to this podcast quite often know that I, I enjoy this uh, music quite a bit. I use it on the, the opening for the podcast a lot. This soundtrack was composed by Dennis McCarthy, 
he worked on a lot of, uh, I think, all the years of Star Trek The Next Generation when it was on the air. He basically oversaw the entire music uh, on the show. They brought in other composers, of course, just like the original series did, but Dennis McCarthy was basically the man for Star Trek The Next Generation where music was concerned. So when they you know, they got to the point of doing the first uh, next-gen film, of course, he would be the one they'd want to pick to do the music for it. Again, really, really fitting music. Very bold. Dennis McCarthy did some uh, wonderful work on The Next Generation. I'm not going to be able to get into the TV show that much music-wise, but uh, definitely check it out. There's a couple of soundtracks out from uh, Next Gen Music that's available. But I think uh, this movie uh, really uses his talents well. I want to play another track, one of my favorites on here. Uh, that was the, the the track you just heard was the beginning of uh, you know the the they call it the Star Trek Generations Overture. The next one I want to play is uh, track eleven on the disc, which is called "Jumping the Ravine." Again, this uh, this track must sound pretty familiar to those who listen to the podcast for a long time. One of my favorite bits of music from this soundtrack, definitely. This is a scene, of course, where Kirk is got his horse. He's in is in the Nexus and taking it out for a little ride. Well, taking her or him, the horse, I should say, not it, for a ride out in the country, trying to feel something. You know, Picard has sort of told him he's trapped in this weird Nexus thing, and and he's trying to. Uh, to see if it if anything he does here means anything and this this music I've always really liked it's just kind of a just kind of a hint of sadness in, in the in the music it's just just fits so well I think You know, one of the one of the best parts of this movie was the you know the the way they brought Picard and Kirk together in it and and this music here when they're in the Nexus together and riding really fits well and you know Kirk's there trying to uh, you know he jumps his horse over this ravine but there's not really a challenge to it and if you recall of course through all the, the history of Star Trek Kirk was all about the challenge he he thinks human beings need to be continually challenged and when he kind of finds out that he's taking his horse out for a ride and it doesn't really mean anything. He's not even really doing it. It's just sort of a, an illusion in a way. Uh, and again, I think the music really fits that situation uh, very well. One thing I wanted to mention about the Star Trek Generation soundtrack, uh, they uh, a little bonus if people go out and buy this CD, there's, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe about a dozen or more uh, sound, or sound effects from... Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. They have uh, the tricorder sound and uh, different, you know, uh, shuttlecraft taking off kind of noises, uh, sensor noises, uh, uh, cool little things. There's uh, one thing I use on the podcast a lot is there, there's also a whole Star Trek sound effects disc with, I think it's got more more than 50 tracks on it. 
these are uh, sound effects that are from the original Star Trek series, and I, I really uh, like having those to, to sort of intersperse when I do the podcast. I use a lot of the button sounds that they make and, and things like that, so that's available also. So you have, uh, there you go, Star Trek Generation, Dennis McCarthy, uh, great soundtrack, a lot of good music on it. Here we have the soundtrack to uh, Star Trek First Contact. This is uh, composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith again. Notice uh, that that music there, very reminiscent of the Star Trek Voyager theme song, which Jerry Goldsmith uh, eventually goes on to compose and conduct for Star Trek Voyager, the main theme. Now again, a shift of moods a little bit. Star Trek First Contact, the Borg, going back in time to save the Earth. uh, Lots of good stuff. Very serious uh, movie. And uh, again, the music fits it very well. You know, one of the things I really enjoy about having soundtracks and, and movie music like this to play is I can, you know, I'm doing something in my basement, doing some kind of project or, or, or whatever around the house. I can play these, and it takes me back into the movie. It reminds me of, of the parts that I enjoyed in the movie, what I what I found, you know, adventurous or exciting or emotional, whatever it is. But, you know, this, this is nice music to play, you know, for those times. I mean, one of my favorite things is to just pop a CD of this... Uh, of one of these soundtracks in my uh, portable CD player or boombox thing, and if I have to do some painting, like paint a room or something like that, r- really, uh, really uh, keeps your mind occupied, and you know, remembering how, how much I, I've enjoyed these films all during the years uh, that I've been able to uh, see them. I'm gonna move on kind of quickly for the last couple of films. This is um, a little bit of Star Trek Insurrection. This uh, movie soundtrack also composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, I see a trend here. different take on the typical uh, the next generation musical theme and um, you know Star Trek Insurrection not the strongest of the Star Trek next gen films but has some interesting music Jerry Goldsmith again does a good job with it and well uh, I'm going to queue up uh, one last uh, bit of music here or queue up a little bit from uh, Star Trek Nemesis
Star Trek Nemesis uh, film music, uh, also uh, another Jerry Goldsmith score. This is a piece from uh, early in the movie uh, about uh, when they're showing you Remus. of course into the familiar Star Trek uh, theme uh, by Alexander Courage again yeah Jerry Goldsmith uh, he's uh, done a lot of great music for Star Trek over the years a lot of the movie music and of course like I said earlier the next generation theme music I'm going to play uh, one more little bit a uh, little cue here from Star Trek Nemesis one of the end pieces And if you remember, uh, Star Trek Nemesis kind of ends a little bit on a sad note. This bit of music is called A New Ending. Jerry goes into his good old next-gen theme. Well, I wanted to uh, kind of finish this off now, I think, uh, I, uh, this look at Star Trek music uh, from the original series and through the movies. I think that was a good chunk of music to cover. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten into some of the next-generation music because I think they did some really good work there, as well as some of the other Star Trek series, but... We'll probably have to save that for another podcast. So um, I'm going to take a short little break here and come back and wrap up this week's show. This is George Takei. I played Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise. I hope you all enjoyed another week of listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Well, again, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening today to the podcast. Uh, it's uh, It's been a really good, good time to... Uh, good times to uh, in, enjoy Star Trek music, I think. Uh, i got to pick up a couple of my missing soundtracks. I, I slid a few clips in there that I grabbed off the internet, but it's uh, it's really good, and especially the original series for me has always had some amazingly good music, classic stuff, and, and fitting the, you know, they those shows, I think they use music a lot more than they do, like I said uh, a few times throughout the podcast today, than, than they do these days, perhaps. Uh, a lot more, um, a lot more music, music, <laughs> Rico's losing it, look out, <laughs> I need some food, anyway, I get a little silly when I get a little, uh, don't eat for a while, a little lightheaded, so, uh, who needs alcohol, <laughs> anyway, I hope everyone's enjoying this interlude, the look of Rico's real personality, he isn't just this drone on Treks in sci-fi every week. Anyway, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed this look. Uh, next week's uh, weekend show, not really sure how that's going to go this at this moment because next Saturday we are going to do a uh, Skype call with anyone who wants to join in. Uh, 
I'm not sure what the maximum number I can pull into a conference call, but we're doing a Skype call. It's going to take place uh, over Skype next Saturday night, the October 21st, 7 p.m. My Skype user ID is TrekSF, and uh, feel free to join in if you'd like. Uh, I'll see who I can bring into the room. That uh, Skype call may end up uh, be uh, being used for next Sunday's podcast. Not sure at this point. We'll see how it goes. So um, until next week, uh, this is Rico signing off. I'm not going to get to any collectibles. I am maybe going to do a podcast this Wednesday. Not sure yet where I may try to catch up and do some more collectible discussions and and that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully the people that are interested in that aren't too disappointed. And I, I think this uh, look at all these Star Trek soundtracks and music was, it was a fun way to do a show. Again, I will put some links in the podcast notes. Oh, a couple last things. One. Please uh, give me a vote at Podcast Alley. I'm, I'm below 200 for the month of October already, and it's only October, the middle of the month, October 15th. So any more uh, votes at Podcast Alley that you can throw to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And, hey, if you're feeling like it and you use iTunes, toss me a little review up there. I've got some good ones, and I, I really appreciate everyone who has voted on Podcast Alley and anyone who's put a review up on iTunes. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, and one last thing. I want to really uh, thank all the new members on the forums for the uh, treksf.com uh, forums. So we've got uh, 100 members now, and I'm really happy with this nice little community we have going. Uh, if you feel like uh, participating a little bit more, uh, join in. And uh, lastly, how, how many times have you said lastly in the last couple of minutes? I apologize for that. Who's organized today? Not me. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, thing I was going to say there is if you want to participate, you can always send audio clips into treksf at gmail.com or call the voicemail line at 206-88-TREX. Until next time, this is Rico signing off. Thanks again for everyone listening this week to the Star Trek Musical Podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. This podcast, copyright 2006, all rights reserved.